Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Pastor J.D. today will be detailing what the midterm elections mean not only for the people of America, but also how it affects the nation of Israel. He'll be going into greater detail, sharing quotes from President Trump and plans for a Middle East peace deal, and what Scripture has to say about the current events taking place around the world. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on November 11, 2018. I think you would agree that it's not hyperbole to say that we owe a tremendous debt of gratitude to those who have served and those who are today serving. For children, it's not what's taught, it's what's caught. Well, I made it a practice to always thank somebody that is in uniform when I'm out and about and thank them for their service. So, and oftentimes I'll have my children with me, my boys when they were young, and they would see me go up and, you know, shake hands and thank them for serving. It was really just a blessing to me when my daughter, one time we were at Lowe's, and she saw this guy in uniform, and she walks up to him and says, Sir, thank you for your service to our country. (laughs) I said to her, I said, Sabia, it's better you than me, because when I walk up to him, they see this Arab approaching them. It's a little bit different, but anyway, I just, I just want you all to know, and I speak on behalf of a grateful church and really a grateful online church. And by the way, for those of you online, we want to honor you and thank you and pray for you as well. So, I want to talk about what I believe the U.S. midterm elections were really about as the contested results play out. I'm of the belief that what's happening here in America has prophetic significance concerning Israel, namely that of the dismantling of America, bringing destruction to America, which would effectively render America inconsequential in terms of supporting Israel when, not if, Israel is attacked. Now, I know that that is a very bold statement, and if you'll hear me out, I'll explain how I get there. I know there are those who would respectfully disagree, and I'll just agree to disagree agreeably, but I do not see America in the pages of Bible prophecy. Some believe there is a very ambiguous reference in Ezekiel 38 
concerning this protest, chiefly by Saudi Arabia, who is, as we speak, aligned with Israel, by the way. And they protest this Russia-Iran-Turkey-led alliance of nations that attack Israel in Ezekiel 38 to take a spoil, to take what Israel has, the prosperity that Israel has. And it is thought by some that the young lions of Tarshish are the UK and the US, who also, along with Sheba and Dedan, which is the ancient name for Saudi Arabia, protest this attack. But there are details in the Ezekiel 38 prophecy that make it very clear in no uncertain terms that no nation and no one other than the God of Israel defends Israel. In other words, the United States is not going to come to the defense of Israel when they're attacked. And it's for this reason that it would stand a reason that something needs to happen to America in order for America to be absent from the prophetic picture. What are you saying, Pastor? Here's what I'm saying. I'll try to be as clear as I possibly can. Our battle is not against Republican or Democrat, flesh and blood, liberal or conservative, right or left, any of that. Our battle is against these forces, these demonic entities in the realm of the spirit. And what Satan is seeking to do is to destroy America so that America cannot come to the defense of Israel. That's what's happening. I know that might sound maybe somewhat simplistic, but that's what's happening. That's what this is all about. Are you saying that what's happening in America is all about Israel? Yes, I am. How so? Well, the one nation and, by the way, one president that stands in the way of the plan to destroy Israel is America and this president. So again, just thinking it through, wouldn't it stand a reason that they would need to be taken out of the way? Again, please hear me out. I would submit that this is exactly what's happening in the spiritual realm as it relates to the United States. I want to begin with a Ynet News report. We actually looked at this a couple weeks ago about how if U.S. President Donald Trump fails to present his peace plan in the weeks following the U.S. November 6th midterm elections, French President Emmanuel Macron intends to present his own peace plan. Of course, this was prior to the elections. Fast forward to yesterday in this Fox News report about President Trump ripping Macron over an insulting call for a European army after he landed in France. They have the World War I 
100-year celebration and commemoration taking place there now. It came by way of a tweet from Trump in which he tweeted that, quote, President Macron of France has just suggested that Europe build its own military in order to protect itself from the U.S., China, and Russia. Very insulting, but perhaps Europe should first pay its fair share of NATO, which the U.S. subsidizes greatly. By the way, this is the same French president who back in May of this year announced that he will form a ten-nation coalition of the willing. Not nine, not eleven, ten. Some suggesting that this is the ten horns and the ten toes of both Daniel and Revelation. We'll see. Well, actually we won't, because we won't be here. (laughs) Oh, by the way, it's also the same French president that the economist asks whether or not he's Europe's savior with this magazine cover showing Macron walking on water. Oh, and one more thing. It's also the same French president that declared he will govern like the Roman god Jupiter. Be that as it may, it seems the pressure is on and the proverbial clock is ticking vis-a-vis Macron and the jury is still out on how all of this will play out. And this because it's not just about our midterm elections here in the U.S., which the whole world was watching. It's also about the elections in Israel and Trump's peace plan in the Middle East. On Friday, the Jerusalem Post published an article in which they asked, what will come first? Israeli elections or the U.S. peace plan rollout? In it they say, quoting, Two clocks are ticking, one in Jerusalem and one in Washington. The problem is that for the time being they are not synchronized. With the midterm elections over in the U.S., President Donald Trump now has the bandwidth and time to shift his focus back to foreign policy issues, including the so-called quote-unquote deal of the century that he longs to broker between Israel and the Palestinians. The finishing touches are being put on the plan and it could be rolled out as early as next month or in January. Enter Jared Kushner and another Jerusalem Post report about how he's now preparing his debut with the Mideast peace plan. Let me quote the Post. Trump's son-in-law will be the public face of his White House peace effort, breaking a two-year habit of working behind the scenes. Along the way, he is granted a mere handful of interviews, none of which have provided much in substance of a plan that has, up until now, remained the administration's most closely guarded secret. But we're about to see a lot more of Jared Kushner. As he puts the finishing touches on a project, he hopes to be his crowning achievement in government 
Kushner is preparing to sell it to the public. In other words, anytime now. Anytime now. Well, to me, the timing of all of this is very interesting, especially given this breaking Israel news report about which Jerusalem mayoral candidate will build the temple. Here's some of what the article had to say, quoting, Jerusalem will have a new mayor next week. This was on Thursday, so this upcoming week. And more than any other election, does that sound familiar? (laughs) This year will decide the religious nature of Israel's capital. The Sanhedrin has addressed a letter to the two candidates emphasizing the role of the third temple in municipal current policy. By the way, parenthetically, let me say, that said third temple is the temple that we're told will be built during and in the seven-year tribulation. And arguably it has to be at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation, which some suggest will be part of the peace plan, will be for Israel to be able to rebuild their temple. And we know it has to be somewhat at the beginning, because at the midpoint, according to the prophecies in Daniel and even in Revelation, The Antichrist will set himself up in the newly rebuilt tribulation temple, if you will, and demand to be worshipped as God. And when the Jews realize that this is not their Messiah, he will commit this abomination that causes desolation, and the Jews will flee. Many believe, present company included, that it will be to modern day Jordan, an old ancient rock city known as Petra. By the way, some believe that that's where actually Job lived, was in Petra, in modern day Jordan. So they're all talking about a peace plan. Where's the peace plan? If you don't bring a peace plan, we'll bring our own peace plan. And by the way, your elections there in the U.S., What about our elections in Israel? And oh, by the way, our mayoral candidates, one of them is going to build the new temple. You know, let me just, I was thinking about this on the way here this morning. How that, for those of us who are students of Bible prophecy, we can get too close to the proverbial uh, tree of prophecy to see the the forest. And what I mean by that is, is that we're always, you know, we're so focused on Bible prophecy. Sometimes I think we need to step back and just look at what's taking place. I mean, five years ago, I I can assure you that in these prophecy updates, we weren't talking about stuff like this. We are today. Let me continue to quote this article. The Sanhedrin wrote a similar letter to U.S. President Donald Trump after he won the election, calling on him to take a role in building the third temple, just as Persian King Cyrus helped the Jews 
pardon me, build the second temple after the Babylonian exile in the 6th century. Make no mistake about it. Israel will do everything and stop at nothing for that temple. That has profound ramifications on the grander scheme of things eschatologically. Here's the bottom line. The Bible tells us what's going to happen, with great detail, by the way, before it happens. So when it begins to happen, we'll connect the dots. Wait a minute. Over 2,500 years ago, God, through the prophet Ezekiel, told us that Russia, Iran, and Turkey would be aligned together, along with other nations, on the cusp of and for the purpose of attacking Israel. It's happening. 2,500 years before, we were told it would happen, and now it is. Five years ago, Russia, Iran, Turkey, et al. were not all aligned as they are today. Not even three years ago, by the way. Not even two years ago, by the way. Isaiah 17 tells us that Damascus, Syria, will become a ruinous heap, complete and total destruction, so much so that it will become uninhabitable. And what do we see? We were told this would happen before, and now we're seeing it begin to happen. And Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 29, I have told you what's going to happen before it happens, so when it happens, you will believe that I am the great I am. In other words, when you see all of these things beginning to happen and come to pass exactly as God's word said it would, then non-believers need to believe and believers need to be ready. Romans 13, verses 11 through 14, the Apostle Paul, true to form, very blunt, really, tells the church in Rome what they need to do. He says, you need to understand the times that you're living in, the present time. The hour has already come. It's time to wake up. i gotta, I got to share this. I, because I'm not feeling well, that alarm clock went off this morning. And like it does every Sunday morning, I asked the Lord about this. I said, Lord, are there going to be alarm clocks in heaven? He said, no need, no need. I said, thank you, Lord. I can't wait. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, because I don't feel like getting out of bed, but I have to. Oh, my goodness, I just wanted to sleep. But it was time to wake up. So I just got back from California, and I took my luggage, and I have it, you know, sort of opened, and I left it out because I need to start packing again because I'm going to be leaving again. So my wife says to me, she says, how come you're not putting your luggage away? I said to her, because... I'm going to need it because I'm leaving again. And the Lord, you see where I'm going with this, right? <laughs> Not that we take anything with us, but it's that 
notion of, you know what? I'm going to be leaving pretty soon. I'm not going to take the time because of the time I'm in. I'm going to be leaving very soon, soon and very soon. And that's what Paul is saying. And I think that's the clarion call for the church today. This is why we end our prophecy updates by sharing the good news of salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we do so by way of what's known as the ABCs of salvation. The ABCs of salvation is really just a simple childlike explanation of how to be saved. The A is for admit or acknowledge you're a sinner and that you need the Savior. This is Romans 3.10 that says, There is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all been born as sinners under Adam, which is why we must be born again under the second and final Adam, Jesus the Christ. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 2.8 and 9 says, We are saved by grace through faith. It is not of works, nothing we can do to earn it. It's the gift of God, lest any of us should ever boast. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And as we just talked about, that he rose again from the dead, defeating death, paying in full our death penalty in his death, which is what we're going to celebrate today. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And the C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also puts it, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then Romans 10, 13, which really to me seals the deal. It says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. This is why we do these prophecy updates. We want for people to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you've never called upon the name of the Lord, we implore you, today is the day of salvation. If you're watching online, we really want to encourage you. There's no accident that you're watching this video. God led you to this video, even this part in the video, because today is the day of salvation. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kariohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. 
The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.